Welcome back, everybody, to Behind the Line. I'm Brian Bridge. We don't have a guest today, no Tyler. Uh, we will be having Dylan next week. He is the major Celtics fan here in Rexburg, Idaho, right before I leave to go back to Illinois for the Warriors' sake because when I'm in Illinois, they, they start winning games. I'm taking that bullet for you guys, so you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. I'm moving there for work, but... Uh, I'm excited to do that episode with Dylan about his Celtics after they play my Warriors next Thursday. But uh, today I am talking about the Warriors versus Spurs game, the ever so historic game that was a blowout. The Spurs circled this game on their calendar and said, hey, we want to put on a show for our fans that are supporting our 13 and 29 team now 13 and 30 team and uh, go play at the Alamo Dome and set a an NBA record for most fans at a game and that was about 68,353 I want to say but that's beside the point that that was cool for history's sake but this game was something else I want to start off with a few stats here uh, number one the the final score was 144 to 113. So the Warriors won by 31 points. The Warriors outscored the Spurs every single quarter. First quarter was 33 to 28. Second was 41 to 32. Third was 40 to 29. And the fourth was 30 to 24. But when we look at a little bit of stats when it comes to percentages, it it was more, I don't, I don't even know what it was that allowed the Warriors to run away with this one. First of all, the entire Warriors team was a plus on the scoreboard. Uh, Draymond was plus 20, Dante DiVincenzo was plus 20, then the next guys up were Clay with plus 19, Andrew, oh I'm sorry, and Jordan Poole was plus 19, Andrew Riggins was plus 18, Anthony Lamb was plus 18, and then the rest of the roster was just, you know, pretty much up there with those guys. And uh, I, and then, of course, the entire Spurs team, save three players, was a minus, with Keldon Johnson being minus 40. Pretty crazy. And then I was like, okay, so, you know, what attribute or what added to that fact Warriors had 12 turnovers as a team. Spurs only had 15. The Warriors had 26 fouls as a team. The Spurs had 19. So, okay, nothing is really standing out. Uh, Let's see here. Steals, the Warriors had 9 as a team. Spurs had 6, not a huge discrepancy. The rebounding, let's look here. 55 for the Warriors, 38 for the Spurs. Okay, so the Spurs made less shots, maybe. Let's look at the field goal percentage. The Warriors were 54 and a half, which is pretty good considering they took 101 shots. And then they the Spurs were 40 for 88, and their percentage was 45. So I think that was the key. Um, not even like three-pointers. The Warriors were 37.5 on threes, and the Spurs were 36.5. 
I thought that the Spurs were turning it over like crazy and that they were missing a ton of shots, and that just wasn't the case. I mean, 45.5% on field goal, that's not that bad. It's just that the Warriors were kind of playing out of their minds, and they were winning the mental battle. Uh, Here's what I've seen over the past week or two with the Warriors and how this game kind of just was a a must win and I don't think Warriors fans are taking it as like oh yes this is what I saw from this game the Spurs are 13 and 30 now they were 8 and 15 at home they're they're not trying to do anything in the West let alone in the NBA I'll tell you what they're trying to do they're trying to get Victor Wembanyama and so the Warriors are not trying to do that they're trying to win another championship and they've been really struggling. Here's what I've seen from their struggles. So Steph comes back, and that game against the Phoenix Suns wasn't so much uh, wasn't so much personnel issues. It was just they. Th- I like what uh, I think it was either Kalen Azbuki or Bob Fitzgerald said on their broadcast last night. They took an, a huge exhale as a team, and they said, oh, "Okay, Steph is back." Uh, Wiggins is back, Iguodala is back. We can, we can just rely on skill a little bit. And they, they got nearly blown out. They put up a little bit of a fight in the fourth. But I mean, I, I turned off the game halfway through because it was just so hard to watch uh, our entire team get beat by Mikhail Bridges and company. You know, people that you can't even name other than Damian Lee. And so. That game is, again, not so much like, oh, look at this problem, look at this problem. But then you had the Orlando Magic, and, oh, man, another another bad team. I forget right now, but I'll speak on that Magic game. The Magic are feisty. Like, I don't know how their record is so bad. Um, I see a lot of comments on social media that are, that's like, you know, they're a G League team pretty much. no. They're good. They just haven't been winning games. They are talented. They are scrappy when they want to be scrappy. They just don't put up a fight against the Detroit Pistons because nobody's watching. But against the Warriors, people are watching, and so they want to put on a show. But the Warriors' problem right now is, number one, the trade deadline is coming up, so I'll I'll mention that a little bit and just say that there are a few people here on this roster that I don't know if we want going into the playoffs. First name I see is James Wiseman. I appreciate him, but he's not the person we need. We can flip him and Moses Moody for a good veteran. Like, there's no way that a team wouldn't give up a decent veteran for James Wiseman and Moses Moody. And those two guys aren't going to do anything for us. I mean, yeah, Moses Moody was plus seven, 12 points, but it was a blowout. Okay, I want to see this in a legit game from those two. And they just haven't shown that yet. James Wiseman, same thing of a few weeks back, I think in December, there was a Brooklyn Nets game where he... He showed out. I think he had 30 points. 
And although it was a blowout, that one was more like, oh my goodness, yes, he can do stuff. Nah, nah. Stop, stop hopping off and then hopping back on the James Wiseman train. We need to stay off of that train, okay? I, I'm just annoyed at how the Warriors organization is, is handling James Wiseman. We need to flip him for something. And then a name that has sadly kind of on social media popped into trade talks is Jordan Poole. While he is explosive and so entertaining at times, he leads the league in turnovers. And it's not just a stat that you can look at on a box score. It is seriously hurting our team. It Every single close game, you know, Jordan Poole will have a sweet highlight towards the end. And then like the very next play, just completely turn it over without passing it to any of his teammates. And I, I'm not saying we need to trade Jordan Poole, but we certainly are allowed to limit his minutes in the clutch. Jordan Poole in this game against the Spurs had 31 minutes, which was a blowout, but I, I don't know, man. He just doesn't need to be playing that much when... The stakes are so high. I mean, the Warriors are 21 and 21. We're, we're barely in the playoffs. Let's look at the standings right now. Okay, I'm on Eastern. Let's go to Western. So, the Warriors right now, after the Spurs game, are the seventh seed. you got the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Kings, Mavericks, and Clippers out of the play-in. And the Warriors are 21 and 21 at the seventh seed. The Jazz are right below us. Screw the Jazz. I always have to say that. Timberwolves at 9. Phoenix Suns at 10. And, of course, the Spurs are the 14th seed in the West. We have a point differential of 0.3. I mean, that's what happens when you're 500 and when you have a blowout of 32 points. But here's what I say. Okay, We play Chicago on Monday. And then I'm not sure if we have a game in between, but Thursday, I know, is the Celtics game. Those are two tough games. The Bulls are sitting at the 11th seed in their conference at 19 and 24. And, of course, everybody brings their best game against the Warriors, except for the Celtics. (laughs) Woo! Um, But just, you at least need that Bulls game. You need to win that Bulls game in Chicago. Against the Celtics... I have a feeling that the Celtics will blow us out because it's in Boston and Boston fans are just insane. They're, they're crazy, but yeah, the Chicago game is a must win. So that way, if we lose against the Celtics, we stay at 500 and we stay at at least the seventh seed, but that's all I have for today. You guys stick around for the podcast after the Celtics game. But, uh, if you haven't, seen already i i do podcasts after the warriors win because after the warriors lose i'm just too distraught and you guys are too and so you guys don't listen and so i'm not going to put out content where i'm just yelling at nobody because i'm so mad all right thanks guys for listening stay cool